Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 170 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. Today, I have the pleasure to introduce you to Arava. When I learned that Arava's name meant willow, I thought, how fitting is that to have the name willow? Because when you think of willow wood, it bends a lot. Those trees blow, blow in the wind, but rarely do they break. And that's what I feel like all of us do when we are grieving. We are blown around by the storms and the wind. But if we're lucky, we don't quite break. So I just know that you're going to enjoy listening to her. I also want to take a moment here to thank you. Because last week I reached out saying that I only had one other episode ready to go. And since that time... I have scheduled the entire month of January. So thank you so much. But if you have somebody that you feel like would be a great guest, again, reach out to them, reach out to me. If you feel like you'd like to be on, please, again, reach out. I just was so excited to hear from so many people in such a short period of time, and I know I can hear from more. One last reminder, too, that next week, Gwen and I are going to do a live stream again. So this is going to be on Tuesday, December 20th at 7 p.m. We are just talking about last-minute Christmas things and really all things Christmas related to grief. So I know that will be a powerful discussion. So feel free to come on and offer your questions or bits of wisdom as well. Until then, I just hope you can sit back and enjoy listening to Arava, Garrett's mom. Thank you so much, Arava, for coming on the Always Andy's Mom podcast today. So happy to be here, really. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. And I have to just tell the audience that we have been chatting now. Oh, for over 20 minutes. And I wish I would have started recording a long time ago because, wow, you are going to love this woman. You are. So sweet. But I want to start out by just having you tell us about your amazing son and just talking about Garrett. Okay. Well, I had two boys and my husband and I thought we were done. Gave away the crib, gave away everything. I wasn't quite sure I was done, even though I, I was. And so we had a kind of an oops, but not really an oops baby. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was supposed to be my girl, of course, but he ended up being my third son. And mm-hmm. joyous from the moment he was born. You know, my two older sons were very rambunctious and they gave us a run for our money. But Garrett was different in a way. You know, he, he watched and he listened. Yeah. And, you know, his brothers were very entertaining. Right. I bet they were. How old were they when he was born? Uh, Let's see. There's a seven year difference between my oldest son, between Alec and Garrett, and then Daniel's in the middle, four years. So 
Okay. The seven years. Yeah, they were fun to watch then. Oh my gosh. And I remember he just hold up his arm saying, hold me, mommy. You know, like if they were going <laughs> to run him over or whatever, you know, the third one had to be tough. And, and he did. I mean, he uh, took his share of dives and blaming his brothers and stuff. You know, he knew how to hold on to it. But uh, I'll never forget when he was probably, he, but he was a helper. He was always wanted to help me with everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time he was, we were bringing in groceries and he picked up a bag that I knew had like a bottle of olive oil, a little bottle of wine in there. And he dropped it and everything shattered and broke and the wine and the whole thing. And oh my gosh, wine and olive oil together. I just, I looked at his face and he was just, oh, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Crying, crying, crying. And you know what? I mean, it took me forever to console him. So he would, that's how he was born. He had a yeah. thing to Shamba, you know, his soul was so sweet. And all he wanted to do was, you know, uh, be a helper. He was a real right. helper, you know? And in fact, I'm going to tell you another story. I'm going to go way ahead. But <laughs> yeah, after after we lost Garrett, I'll talk about that more. But there's one story I can't, that just stays in my, I don't remember much about the weeks after Garrett died. But I do remember after the memorial service, this woman coming up to me, I didn't know who she was. And you know, saying she was sorry, but she also said, you know, I have to tell you that we just finished a huge case. Garrett was a lawyer and Mm -hmm. doing so well. And they, his, he and some of the other associates were on this huge case. And she said, you know, I was really having a tough time with the stuff I was working on. So I called this one guy and he says, you know, I got my own stuff, figure it out. She said, but then I called Garrett and Garrett dropped everything. He dropped everything. And he helped yeah. me, not only helped me, but he helped me finish it. And then he went back to what he was doing. Wow. And I just think we're our stories. And, you know, I think of there's so many stories of Garrett just, he never panicked. He was never the type of person that ever panicked. And I, I talked to Tom and my husband about this the other day, and we can't even think of a time we ever disciplined him, ever. Yeah. The other two, forget it, up the kazoo, but not him. <laughs> I just, he was just always, you know, I, my middle son, Daniel, who true middle, true middle, a child, but, uh, you know, we always talked about, you know, who could, who could go to sleep knowing that they have a test in the morning and not study. And Garrett said, oh, I could never do that. Even if I tried, I could never do that. You know, Daniel could have done it, my, my, my middle son, but, you know, <laughs> Garrett was just so, he was on. See, my middle son couldn't, if there wasn't a purpose there, he couldn't see it. So he had issues in school. This mm-hmm. is stupid. Therefore, I'm not going to do it. And right. Garrett's always saw the bigger picture. That's just who he was. You know, some people would call him an old soul, but he just saw the bigger picture. And he was so kind. And I mean, every everything that, you know, my husband, loved, he was so good at everything he did too. He was, you know, sports, school. He, um excelled in everything. He was traveled all over on these, all over the world, Barcelona and I don't know, Australia. I went to so many places to play soccer. Mm-hmm. And then he was taken down in a soccer game and he really had a bad back injury. And he ended up on his 18th birthday in the hospital having back surgery. Oh my. And he didn't complain. <laughs> really? You know, all of his friends came and and hung out with him, but there was never any 
anger at the universe, you know, like he was never, he was always like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And there was never any panic in his voice that, you know, you get sometimes and having to calm somebody down when something doesn't go their way. In fact, when he, he went to UC Santa Barbara mm-hmm. and there was a terrible uh, shooting there. I don't know if you remember, it was, there's been so many, but yeah. this young man got a whole gun. He was in his car and he was shooting people randomly. And Garrett called me and he says, mom, don't worry. I'm fine. I'm hiding. <laughs> oh my. And he says, you're going to hear about it. I'm fine. I'll call you back. And he hung up and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. So, you know, he was just so considerate, even in the middle of all this, you know, and he was fine. It was very dramatic, very, very Well, and just making sure that you weren't worried and... Oh, absolutely. I mean, that is really just a caring soul. I think again about that other, that woman who he just dropped everything and helped, even though he had a lot going on himself. That's, again, really thinking about the bigger picture and about that relationship and that other person being more important at that moment than get it working on his own kind of paperwork and things because he knew he could do that. Believe me, I called on him for certain things. You know, we have a lawyer in the family. So, you know, everybody was calling Garrett for, for this advice on this and that. And, sure. And he was always available to family. Always. Certainly like being a doctor in the family. Right. Exactly. I get that. <laughs> oh, yes. I get that. <laughs> Just the kindness and the, you know, he'd send me flowers, you know, for every occasion if he couldn't be here. And he and his girlfriend, Alyssa, would would come here. They were together for nine years. Yeah. They survived him being abroad for a year and her going abroad for a year. And they always came back to each other. You know, it was, uh, you know, longer than some, some marriages last. So yeah. um, it was hard. And you, know? and you said that marriage was in the plan in their plans, right? Yeah, they were going to mm-hmm. get engaged. They were looking at houses. So he was doing really well at the firm. He was like kind of like the go to person during COVID with all the restrictions and everything. And mm-hmm. he had written his first got first two articles published, you know, so we were reveling in, in the joy, right? He was giving us, you know, yeah. he, we were really and, and we all were, you know, like, was he my favorite? Like the boys thought probably, but they, he was their favorite too. <laughs> right. I mean? He was everybody's favorite. You know, right. We all aspired to be more like Garrett. And that's what we called him. We called him Garrett the Good. That was his name. Really? Yeah. That was his nickname. Garrett the Good. Garrett, he was also called Cherry Pie. It was one of his nicknames because for thanks, a couple of Thanksgivings, we, we shipped him off to my sister in St. Louis and she wasn't the best cook. And one, I guess one Thanksgiving, all they had was pies <laughs> and several cherry pies, which Garrett ate one whole one, I think. And so they, his nickname was cherry pie. So tell us about your tattoo, because I think this is a good time to show that. Sure. So if you're watching the video, you're going to be able to see it because she's going to hold it up here. And I'll tell you the backstory too. The backstory is that when Garrett went abroad, Mm-hmm. to this program in Milan, I think he was in, he was scared that he wouldn't see his grandmother again. His grandmother, my mother-in-law, who I loved, had moved out here when I had Daniel, the second child. And Garrett was so afraid that his grandmother wouldn't be here when he got back that he got her name tattooed on his wrist. Mm-hmm. When we lost Garrett, my oldest son actually did it first when he, it was uh, during the Shiva he went out and got 
Garrett's name tattooed on his wrist. Mm-hmm. But Alec also told me, he says, Mom, I'm going to show you the last text mes- message I got from Garrett. And it said what's on my arm. It says you're stronger than you think. Yeah. A little bit about what happened. Alyssa, his yeah. girlfriend, they lived in Los Angeles in a beautiful apartment. And she called me and she, she was out shopping all day with her sisters. And she called me and she says, you know, I, Garrett's not answering the door, but his car's here and this and that. And I said, I guess you should get the super. I don't know. And it just happened that Alec was out here on business. And mm-hmm. my son Daniel was here with his son and his girlfriend that's now his wife. And they were all at your house? Yes, except Garrett. And wow. Alyssa, okay. They they didn't come for the weekend, that weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was crazy. She So she got the super to open the door. And, and it was interesting because they had been texting. They're big sports and football and yeah. you name it. Yeah. So they're always texting all the time. I always told them, keep me out of those group chats. I don't need to be in those with the sports. But <laughs> I was glad I was in that one. But all of a sudden, Tom said, yeah, all of a sudden he wasn't in the conversation anymore. And when Alyssa got in there, the super let her in. She found him on the couch in the same position she left him. He didn't even reach for his phone. His phone was on the table in the same place. And apparently she called me and she kept telling me paramedics, paramedics were there. She called the paramedics and she says she was screaming that the paramedics say he's unresponsive. He's unresponsive. He's unresponsive. And all I kept saying was call the paramedics, call 911. I couldn't hear, her, you know? Yeah. And then finally it, it sunk in what she was saying. And, and I ran into the closet I remember that. And I kept screaming, not Garrett, not Garrett, not Garrett. Yeah. And Daniel came in after me. I'm not, sh- I, I'm not sure whatever was going on with everybody else. And, you know, then I got back on the phone with her and I realized I had to go down there and it's about a two and a half hour drive from where we are. Mm-hmm. And that was the longest two and a half hours of my life, you know, driving down there. I don't know how Tom drove the car, but we didn't say a word the whole way down. I just remember sobbing the whole way and, and getting there and having to do everything. You know, I mean, I I was so grateful. I had my sister and another rabbi friend out here who helped me with all the logistics because, you know, when, when you lose somebody suddenly like that, especially your child, you know, you're like, you have, there's stuff you have to do, but it's so hard to do it, you know? And Mm -hmm. so, having those guides at looking back. And one thing she did tell me, Alyssa, she says, we talked about this. And we said, if ever it came to it, each one of us, they did a living will about being cremated. Okay. So I knew that I knew what his wishes were. So I was grateful for that. You know, I was, I was really grateful for that. But oh, God, it was just uh, such a blur. And, and they suspect he had an aneurysm, you told me, right? Yeah, they did the toxicology and it came back clean. And I mean, he was, he just wanted to watch football after that big, big game, big uh, case that they finished. Yeah. All he wanted to do was watch his Packers win and, and watch football. And he was happy to have her go and, you know, just, just uh, watch football all day. What I told her, you know, it's funny, you go on remote control sometimes. Because Mm -hmm. I I remember doing this for my mother. There's something in Judaism called a Tahara. And okay. what it what it is, is uh, it's a ritual cleansing of the body. I don't know how the heck I did it. 
But I told Alyssa, I said, we have to do this for Garrett before they take him. We have to do it. And she trusted me. And we washed him and we washed his body and and we we put lotion on him. And that was still at the house? This was at the apartment. Wow. I wasn't gonna let anybody take him without taking care of him first. I just couldn't do it. That's beautiful. And uh, kissed him and she hugged him and oh God, thank God her mother and her three sisters were there. Uh, Alec went home with, with Daniel that night to his house. But I'll tell you what one of my biggest fears, one of my biggest regrets, I maybe, I'm not sure you're using the right words, but I remember saying, not Garrett, not Garrett, not Garrett. And I remember looking yeah. at my son, Daniel, and saying that, and only realizing later on when he said to me, mom, it should have been me. Oh. And I said, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, Daniel, that's not what I meant. It's so not what I no. meant. No, no, it's not what you meant. But I've been working hard to prove to Daniel how much I value him. Yeah. In fact, he just turned 33. So we we wrote this thing, Tom and I, about 33 reasons why we think he's spectacular. And, yeah. you know, trying to, because Garrett died when he and Daniel were not on great terms. You know, there's a little mm-hmm. jealousy in between them. You know, brothers. And yeah. uh, I always thought, Daniel always thought that once he made his mark, he would, you know, he and Garrett would be on better terms, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, now Daniel has to live with that. He has to live with that. Yeah. About six months after Garrett died, I married Daniel and his, his lovely Erica with their three-year-old son. And now they have a one-year-old son in my, at my house. And it was so hard, but it was so important it was yeah. so important and we made it sweet and nice and, and lovely and, you know, but it's always, it's always missing, you know, it's, mm-hmm. but I always try and bring him into the conversation. And you know, sometimes that's hard. We were talking about a long-term marriage. My husband and I have been married almost 40 years and uh, Tom really lost his best friend. They were so close. Yeah. And it's been really, I mean, it's been hard for each of us in different ways as we progress through the grief, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they text it all the time. It's like, it's so missing, you know, for him and there's nothing that will replace it. Um, my son, Daniel now is taking golf lessons and, you know, he's trying, you know what I mean? He's trying to, yeah. to feel something in some way for his father, you know? And that's the kindest thing that he could possibly do. And I tell him all the time, everything that you're doing is so healing. It's, it's so helpful, you know, and they had this second, second baby. They named Noah Garrett. Oh, I wondered when you said they had a one-year-old, I thought, oh, I wonder if there's. He's Noah Garrett. He's uh, Mordechai, which was uh, Garrett's Hebrew name. And in Mm -hmm. fact, there is four other babies that have been born since uh, we lost Garrett, who have either the first name or the middle name Garrett. Really? And there's at least 15 people out there that have Garrett on their arm. I heard one of your guests say, you know, everybody, everybody that got up there to talk said he was my best friend. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you know, that's the way it was with Garrett. Everybody that spoke at the memorial, the memorial service was beautiful. My sister, the rabbi, did a beautiful job. And, but everybody, he was my best yeah. friend, you know? And uh, he had that ability to make everyone feel valued, right? Really, really did. I think one of the saddest things that we're we're trying to reckon now is um, our relationship with Alyssa, with um, with Garrett, yeah. with Garrett. You know, his girl he was going to marry. You know, she's only twenty eight years old, and she's got her whole life ahead of her. But she couldn't talk to us or see us for a year. She just couldn't. She couldn't be around us. Mm-hmm. She came to the event. We I started a foundation right after, not too long after. I had to find some meeting somewhere. I just had to. Yeah. Otherwise, I thought I was going to sink into the ground. So we discussed with the law firm and some of his friends and his cousins about and his brothers about starting this foundation. And we mm-hmm. got it started. And the the event that we hold every year, it's uh, the Cherry Pie uh, Charity Invitational, because that was his nickname, mm-hmm. Cherry Pie. And yeah. uh it's it's beautiful. This year, we decided um, the foundation decided we're giving um, all the proceeds to programs that get guns out of the hands of people that shouldn't have them, because that mm-hmm. was close to Garrett's heart after experiencing the violence at sure. UC Santa Barbara when he was a student there. So, so certainly, yeah. And you said last year was they you supported water projects or something? Yes, last year we supported water projects. That was Daniel's idea. And I wanted to honor, you know, what Daniel thought mm-hmm. was really important. And he did all the research and we uh, we have a silent auction and we do the whole thing. And it's a it's a lovely weekend with we have an event on Saturday night with music and and uh, playing songs that, you know, Garrett loved and he he was big music buff and and his, all of his friends show up. His friends show up and we share stories and uh, we play golf for charity. Yeah. He touched a lot of lives. And, you know, there's so many stories of, you know, I remember one time when he was in probably junior high and somebody coming over to him, somebody's parents and just talking with him. And and I said, I said you're right. You know, I didn't know who they were. And, and all of a sudden she says to me, she says, your son is spectacular. I didn't even know who she was, but those kind of things stay with you. You know, it wasn't about me being his mother or anything. It was just about, it was about him as a person, Yeah. you know, yeah. that he really gave light to other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I went through what a lot of people go through, not Garrett, yeah. why Garrett, you know, why was he taken? But I'm, you know, after talking to a lot of friend doctors and stuff, you know, about this whole idea of a brain aneurysm is that it takes you so quickly and that he wasn't in pain. He didn't even reach for his phone. And yeah, I am grateful that he didn't suffer at all because I think when I listen to other stories, I mean, the suffering, my sister, you know, the suffering that her daughter went through was, um, because your sister lost her daughter too. My sister, my eldest sister lost her daughter at 31 she was a heart transplant recipient and uh, she lived maybe 13 years after that, but she, she died of some cancer from the anti-rejection drugs. But uh, she was a spectacular young woman as well. And they were good friends. And in fact, my father, who is 96 years old in his, uh-huh. in his apartment, he lives near my sister now in St. Louis at a, at a place. And on his wall is, is the most beautiful picture of Adina with Garrett. You know, the two oh, lights yeah, the and there's two like this light shining on them. And 
And, you know, so we look at it. I have a picture of Garrett that I see. I have two. One, we took a cruise to Alaska. I took all the kids and their girlfriends and boyfriends, husbands, whatever, my wives on uh, a, a trip to Alaska. And I have a picture of him there that I really love. It's on the wall. And another one that somebody took of him that uh, they sent to me. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's hard. It's as hard as it is to lose your own, to use your children and to think that it's out of order. Right. In some ways, those grandparents that lose their grandchildren, they really think it's out of order, right? I mean, they're like, there's no way you should outlive your You know what my son said? My son, Alec, he always speaks the truth. He's one of those truth sayers. He says, he says mm -hmm. please, God, take an ant next time. That's <laughs> like, God, <laughs> you know, like, He's always the one that's trying to make everybody laugh, but, you know, raw, really raw. Yeah. Well, my Aunt Penny, who I talk about a lot in the podcast, I'm going to see her here in a few days. She came back. Obviously, she came back to the funeral. But then 10 months later, when we finally had the court case for the woman who hit us, I asked her to come back for that because really she's been like a mother to me since my own mother died. And so she came back. And I remember riding in the car with her. Because we also just went to Peter's baseball game that night. Like we did some kind of normal things. And she told me, she said, after Andy died, I just remember thinking to myself, why couldn't it have been me? Right? I've lived a long oh, life. Gosh. Absolutely. Every day. You know, she was in her 70s at the time. Like, it could have been me. But it, but you, it just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You know? But that's what I said to myself for the first six months. Why wasn't it me? Why, why wouldn't you just take me? Why him? Why him? Right. Right. And that's what your son didn't understand when it was not Garrett, not Garrett, not Garrett. You weren't saying not Garrett. Why couldn't it have been one of my other kids is why couldn't it have been me? Why couldn't it have been some other random person? Why, you know, you're, it's not like you were wanting to pick oh my God. Garrett out as your one child that you couldn't dare lose. You just couldn't bear to lose any of them. Couldn't bear to lose any of them. And it's like, right. I, I don't know if I heard it on one of your podcasts, but maybe I did. It was a visual of, you know, when somebody says something insensitive to say, you know, look, visualize your three children standing in front of you. Now you tell me which one you could live without. Yeah. I mean, that's that wasn't powerful. my podcast. That's very powerful. Yeah, because this woman had five kids and she actually what's crazy is she eventually has lost now three of them. But I think it was after the first or second. I think it was after the first. She said, well, you have four others. And and she said, which of yours would you give up? Yeah, you know. Which I thought was the right thing to say. I mean, it may have sounded harsh and it did certainly shut that woman up because you would never do that. You could never say, okay, this one's okay to give up. No, this really is never okay. That, that, that comment really put things in perspective. And I, I thought, it especially since she went on to lose two more, she went up. Now she has no, two no. of her five. I mean, oh my God. crazy, oh my God. right? Oh my God. Crazy. And I have, you know, four grandsons now and two mm -hmm. of them that live close by me. And I will say that they're, between the despair, those moments of joy are precious. Yes. So, um, Garrett had bought a set of golf clubs for the, they're three years old now, three and a half years old, my two oldest grandson. And he bought for five-year-olds, he bought these when mm -hmm. they were born that they would use them. So 
I'm so grateful that I have that. And when James is just a little bit bigger, Tom's going to take him out with the golf clubs that Garrett got for him. Oh. And the other, the other thing is that I had a very difficult time with, um, Garrett died with some assets, you know, uh, which we started the foundation, but mm -hmm. I wanted to, I thought it would be really the right thing to do to start a five. They all, they had, they all had 529s, but I started a separate 529 college fund for mm -hmm. each of these four babies, for each of these four mm -hmm. children um, with some of Garrett's money. Now, my daughter-in-law in New York wanted me, she didn't understand why I needed it separate. And I yeah. explained to her, I said, listen, I want when, when these boys are older, they won't know who Garrett is. No. But when they take some of this money to go to college, when they use this money to, for their future, their dads will tell them where the money came from and they'll tell them all about Garrett. That's why it's important. That's legacy. Yeah. And he's yeah. giving them a nice leg, a beautiful legacy and a door into telling his stories. You know, I want them always to remember him. And that's what we want more than anything, isn't it? Daniel has this. Alec has this. And the tattoo. Cousin, mm -hmm. And his cousin Joey just got one recently. Um, they were close. They were like brothers. Jo Joey was like the fourth, fourth brother. He's my youngest uh, sister's son. And they were very, very close, even though they lived on opposite coasts. And so what I did, um, I rented a house in San Diego. Um, I wanted my oldest, because if you don't build new memories, you don't, you're just, you have nothing. And I knew it would be up to me to do this, to create some new memories. And so I decided I rented this house and I said, I just want you to come. My two sons with their wives and the two kids each. And um, we built we built some new memory. It was hard. We cried. We laughed. Yeah. You know, we yeah. watched these babies, and but we made some new memories. You know, and I knew it would be hard, but we did it. That can be so hard to do. We did it. We did it. We did it, and we're going to do it again. I've committed in a year or two. We're all going to go on a Disney cruise. <laughs> 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 Uh, I know. did that. It was wonderful. Really? I okay. loved it. We did that with some friends. Yeah. Well, yeah. Andy loved that. Yeah. Andy loved that You'll, just, it'll be great. I just, mm -hmm. I just want to keep, keep him in the forefront, keep his stories there. And, and that's what I work on is, you know, like this book, we're putting a little book together of all of his stories during the last year and a half since he's been gone is, you know, people keep sending me stories and we're putting a little book together that we'll give out at the golf tournament. So, yeah. yeah. So it's stories just from various people? Oh, yeah. From people that knew him, they sent cards with stories. And, and at the uh, memorial service, my sister asked, she says, please send the family stories. Oh. Send, send them the stories, what you remember. And we'll create mm -hmm. a, the Torah of Garrett. And that's what we're working on. And I will tell you that, you know, I'd be nowhere without my sisters. They, they have been my support. You know, my husband too, of course, but they've been a support to both of us. And I have a sister in Colorado, a sister in New York and a sister in St. Louis. And they come early and they help me, you know, with all the stuff surrounding the, the foundation and the events surrounding the golf tournament and, and, and they support the foundation, you know, so, and my friends and, you know, I just, everybody's been so generous and so kind you know, has a lot of respect for the work that we're doing to 
you know, to keep Garrett's goodness alive because that's who he was. He was Garrett the good, Garrett the good. I love your family's openness about that, about keeping that memory alive because that's can be a struggle for some families for sure that they hesitate to say anything because they don't want to make you cry and make you sad. Oh, and Stories bring me all such comfort, such comfort. You know, I, yes. I just feel like, you know, I, I, I have him back for a minute, you know? Yes. Cause it's, Oh my gosh. Right. I love that. I have him back. For you, a minute. I do. For just a minute. Every time you hear a new story, you get a little bit of a new memory. I do. I do. And such sweet stuff, you know, that, and just recently I got an, a card from somebody, you know, that, okay. that to tell me a story. So it all will go in there, you know, and I'll have this place. And Alyssa, her nephews loved Garrett. Mm-hmm. They're two little boys and they do, actually they're doing an art auction for the foundation. They do their own fundraisers, you know, really foundation. And they put a beautiful book together for me because, you know, they had their own relationship with him. Apart from me, I didn't know much about it. And nine years, you know, he knew them since they were born. And, you know, he's been involved in Alyssa's family for many, many years. And so I didn't really know the family that well. And I got to know them. You know, like me, Alyssa has three sisters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's still struggling. Garrett was the love of her life. And I know that. And I, you know, I... I don't know if I did everything right concerning her, but I just, I hope at some point I can have some sort of relationship with her or maybe not. I, I don't know. I just want her to, I want her to find forward whatever that means for her. Mm-hmm. And I, she went through such counseling and, and PTSD, you know, she found him and it, it was horrible, just horrible. And I know she struggled, yeah. but she's, she seems she's changed. You know, it's like me, I quit my job. I'm doing something else. She, you know, I'm working somewhere else. She, she left her job. Now she's doing something else. I mean, there's so many transformations that happen. Yeah. The bottom falls out of your life. Yeah. Well, and I feel so bad for her too, because they weren't married yet. So when you tell people that your boyfriend died. Right. It is different. You get something different when you say your husband died. I know. But he was way more than a boyfriend to her way more she right? does. And, 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 and we struggled with that you know like you know the money thing was really weird you know right really weird and i had to navigate through that and you know garrett had just bought a just bought a tesla <laughs> and yeah. you know we paid that off and gave it to her and a whole bunch of things you know that i really wanted to honor her place in his life but i also didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want her to make a shrine for him or anything. I didn't want her to right. think that nobody else would ever be good enough for her. I, I I wanted her to keep to keep to be open, you know. And and it's not my place even to to say that. But you know, I I just hope at some point we can have a conversation. And I don't know when that'll be because I think I'm a real constant reminder of everything she's lost. Yeah. I mean, I even think back, so my own mother died when she was 42. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad get did get remarried really quite soon, but he did not visit her parents much after she died. I mean, he just didn't. I, and it hurt my grandmother a lot. I mean, because I would see her all the time and she would ask, how's your dad? How's your dad doing? 
I sent him a card. I sent, and they would send a card on her birthday and whatever. And very, very occasionally they would stop by, but she missed him so. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, it is. they were family and she thought of him just about like a son. And then her daughter died and he just sort of disappeared, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what kind of happened with you in that it's just too painful. And I think it was for my dad, too, was in a way it was just painful. And then, of course, he had gotten remarried. And so I think it seemed weird to him to bring his new wife to see his old mother-in-law. And I think she probably thought it was weird to see his old mother-in-law. But yet it's another big loss. It is a big loss. It's huge. You know, occasionally when I, I, this is kind of where I sit and I do my work and guest room is right across from where I'm sitting. And every time Garrett would walk out of the guest room, he'd be dancing, you know, (laughs) he just loved to dance. And he was a fabulous dancer. Everybody was (laughs) Garrett. And he'd always say to me, hey, mom, you got a bottle of white open? You know, like he wanted a glass of wine. It would be that, that time for happy hour or whatever. When he was visiting for the weekend, it was when he would come out and visit me. I mean, it would be, it's so different than where we raised the boys and because that was only not too far from Los Angeles, but here we're a couple hours away and the weather's always gorgeous here, except in the summer, it's a little hot, but he would come not for just a couple hours, but for a couple of days. So yeah. we really got to spend time with him and we love spending. They were like another set of friends that we loved having over. And, yeah, uh, the two of them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just joyous. And we played pickleball with them and did all those things that, you know, you do with friends and out here in the desert. And, and uh, you know. Yeah, and had really a new relationship, wasn't it? It wasn't just a parent-child relationship then. It was a friendship, really, when they grow I, up. You know, the, the way that I, I'm starting to feel now is that this amazing person passed through me. Yeah. And how blessed I was to know him for 29 years, three months and four days. I just, you know, I just, I, I, I find myself going more to that place than the darker place. Yeah. And I think the traveling helps. I know for some people, they don't want to go anywhere, but for me, yeah. you know, and my husband, thank God, you know, we're actually going to Barcelona <laughs> a couple of days we're going away for, but the, the travel is, um, I have to get out of this chair. I have to get out of this spot. I have to get out of my house. I have to get out of this community to breathe sometimes, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense at all. And so the traveling, no matter where we go. And and then when I come back, I'm coming back in a little bit of a different way, maybe healed in a little bit of a different way, uh, more able to talk, more able to, to be myself, more able to deal with people who ask me dumb questions, you know? <laughs> I can't help them with my grief. And that's what I decided. That's what I have to figure out. And you're, you know, you're in some of your interviews really helped me with that. I can't help other people. That's not my work, you know, and, yeah. and it's okay to say, you know, not now. Stop. I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't do you now. <laughs> I, can't, I can't help you now. I'm, I'm, you know, barely standing up myself. And, you know, uh, I have, tell you one more story this when we were we were on a river cruise last in june and Mm -hmm. very intimate there's only about 70 people on the the boat and i met this woman and she's a healer she looked at me 
And she says, I think we should talk. I didn't know her from anything. And yeah. And she, she came over to me, she says, are you okay? And I said, well, not really. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know the truth. And I spent some time with her on the boat and just, you know, her presence and her heat and her talking to me about Garrett and asking me questions. Um, and she lives in outside of London somewhere. And so we meet on Zoom now every once in a while. And she really wow. helps me. I, I can't even explain exactly how she helps me, but for some reason she, she gets me, you know, uh, and what uh -huh. I've been through. And so we're actually this next summer, we're going to go visit them in Cotswold, England, <laughs> wherever the heck that is. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So it's, it's, you know, I guess the thing that I, the image, you know, you hold on to some of these images and it's the jar, you know? It's the jar, yeah. the, the grief is the ball, right? And that doesn't change, man, that that stays the same. It's big, it, it doesn't go away. But I'm trying to make my jar bigger. I'm trying to fill my jar with new things. And I think that's that's helpful, you know? And and it means mm -hmm. make letting new people, if I've let people go, which I have, uh, yeah. it's letting new people in, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a part of the healing too. And And I was open to this. And it's, it's amazing how the people in your life do change, like who they are. I'm not the uh -huh. same, like this tattoo. And oh gosh, Marcy, I have one on my leg too. It's a cherry tree. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but, you know, it's an outward manifestation of the change inside of me that nobody can yeah. see um, because I'm it, not it's the same person. It's funny because I told you I'm getting my tattoo now. Yes. It's all scheduled and it's scheduled to be done by, so there is a woman, she works at the place where I get my hair done and she works at the front desk and she actually used to do massage until, so she had a pregnancy and there were lots of complications and her baby died um, on the day he was born. And she hasn't been able to do massage since because she says she just, it's too intimate to touch someone and it's too emotional for her. So she can't do it. And this woman has always had lots of tattoos. She always has crazy color hair, lots of tattoos, very sweet, wonderful woman. And her husband does tattoos. And I said, I thought to myself first, and then eventually said to her, if I ever do this tattoo, your husband's going to do it. Because I want somebody to do it who has felt this, yeah. who has felt this sorrow and this pain of watching their child die. And so I talked to her. We just scheduled it this last week. I talked to her first. I said, I'm going to go see Tony, her, her husband. Um, and I described, I just want be still, just the words be still mm -hmm. from Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God, because that was what I had Andy cling to when he was feeling anxious. And so I want a reminder to help remind me of that verse, remind me of what I used to tell nice. Andy. And I mean, we used to say that verse together. I can, I can hear him say it in my head. So I wanted that yes. on me. And, and she said, Oh, that sounds good. That's good for your first one. <laughs> you know what? I, and then yeah. it was like, Okay, I think it's going to be first and last for me. But she was like, that's your first one. <laughs> You'll just go on. And another friend of mine that I have 
Demetra, who's been on the podcast before. She's now, I think, has two or three. I think three now. Yeah. And she, she because I was going to go visit her in Toronto, and she was like, we're, we're going to go see her tattoo guy if I hadn't already had my tattoo. Mm-hmm. So, again, I think she's like, yeah, it's just your first one. So, <laughs> we'll see. Now I hear from you that you've got a few now, and you were, like me, never no, going to no, do no. it. I was, it's, it's actually, you know, it's uh, not – it's kind of prohibited in my yeah. religion, but out yeah. the window, out the window. It's, it's, it made sense to me. And, uh, right. you know, it, it, it's part of my healing and my journey because I'm not the same person. And I tell you something, I look at my arm every morning when I wake up and I read that mm-hmm. and I, I, I try and live by those words, by his words. I try and yeah. live by his words. I do. Well, and that's I what I wanted to, I just... I wanted something that I could look at that would mean something to me. I also didn't want every, I wanted it to be so personal that it was just something that I would see too. And I know the woman that I talked to, you know, whose husband's doing that tattoo. uh, She's got a few tattoos Mm -hmm. for her son. And she said, yeah, the one thing that I would recommend against that sometimes people do is writing the birth and death dates down. Yeah, no. She said, that's the last thing I would want to do is to look at a reminder of the worst day of my life. Yeah. And yeah. and that's what I was thinking too. Like, why would I ever want to stare at that day every day? I don't want to stare at that day. I want to stare. I want to look at something that makes me feel maybe a little bit of peace and a little bit of strength. Yeah. Yeah not something that reminds me of the sorrow of that day. Yeah. It's so hard, you know, with my, with my sons, my, my two sons. Yeah. They are, you know, it's hard to get, well, it's hard to get boys to talk anyway, but you know, I know that they're in their whole grief process too. You know, they're busy raising their families and you know, the whole thing, but you know, it's hard. I, I know I put a lot of pressure on Alec for this whole foundation for the golf tournament. He does a lot of the work for it. And I don't want to get too caught up in the minutia of it that, right. you know, because it's hard for him too. You know, he lost yeah. his brother and he, I mean, he was, he, Alec called him his boy. He was his boy. Yeah. And he With Tommy coached him and all different things. And, you know, so he lost his, uh, he, he lost somebody very special to him too. So I have to remember that and all that I do. It's hardest for me with, with my oldest son. Well, and you talked about how this, was it him that got the text that said you're stronger than you think? Yeah. yeah. But, and then your other son, I want you to tell this too, because you told me this before we started recording, the text that he got, one of the last texts he got from his brother. Yeah. So he told Alec, you're stronger than you think. But what he told to Daniel that I don't, and Daniel only told me about four or five months ago, he said, you know, mom, he texted me, you're smarter than you think. And Daniel was going through some stuff. And now he's uh, back in school. He's doing really great, you know, and uh, he wants to be a lawyer, he told us. So who knows? Yeah, because he was working as a chef. Oh, he trained, trained chef. And, uh, but he wasn't happy with what he was doing. No, he he wanted to be in business in some way. Yeah, and he started with accounting and this and that. But now he's talking to us about going to law school. He's doing really well in school. He wasn't. He hated school as high school. He wouldn't even go to the party. He hated he hated high school so much. Didn't really last in college and went to culinary school and did great. He 
had he lived was living in New York and uh, chefing there, one of the top chefs there. And he got in a horrible accident. He left his key at work and tried to climb the side of a building like Spider Man. Oh my! We call that a dumb boy trick. And he yeah. um, broke his calcaneus, so um, that's a bad injury. Oh, <laughs> that is a bad injury. And it yeah. took a long time to heal, and he had to move back at home with me. And so uh, rethinking about what he wanted to do. and Well, and that's why I love what the inspiration that that did for him, because getting that message from his brother really did give him a boost of confidence, right? This is a really, really smart guy who obviously was a very successful attorney and all of this stuff. And to have him give him the, you're smarter than you think, especially after he already knew that his other brother got, you're stronger than you think. Right? Yeah. Daniel was, Daniel was very much in the middle, you know, so he got it yeah. overachieving on both sides and he's really taking it to heart. I love how he held that close to him though, until recently. Until recently. That he didn't share that with you right away. He held that in. And he just took it and decided to live it and decided to go for it. I think that's part of his healing. Just privately. And then after it was like successful, then I think he felt more okay with telling you. But it's a beautiful story of something that Garrett did after he was gone. And you know what? We're amazed at how smart he is. <laughs> yeah, right. And we're just like, wow. He just, and it was so funny when he started back at school. I mean, he, He'd show us his grades. It was like he was five years old. It was a riot, you know, as an older student, but so proud of the work that he's doing now. And I think his incentive is, you know, his brother, his little brother. And he tells yeah. us that too, you know, he, he knows he can do it. Garrett told him that he could. So, yeah. you know, that's legacy. Garrett's legacy has uh, mm -hmm. touched a lot of lives. He'll always be with me. And, uh, yeah. you know, we're trying to figure out to live in a world that he's not in, but yeah, that's and so we hard. do that through his stories. We do that through his stories, I think. Well, and the other thing you told me that was really helpful mm -hmm. to you is ritual oh, God. and how ritual has been so helpful. And I have to say, when I've talked to other Jewish people who've been mm -hmm. on the show, the beauty of sitting Shiva is something that I wish was culturally done more, more, because it is just sounds so amazing to me and I just wish that you know in my Christian tradition I wish mm -hmm. we did that but I think that's a way that things start but what have rituals meant to you the rituals were very very important to me it started yeah of course with the memorial service and shiva people coming in and out of the house and I was a mess of course but it was comforting that you know oh and the congregation bought food like you wouldn't believe and yeah. it, it was just kind of like an in and out. It was a blur those those days. But every night, not just the last night, we took a walk. Whoever was here, we took a walk around the block. That's mm -hmm. how you complete the day. And I'll tell you, Marcy, we, Tom and I do it to this day. We take we really? take a walk around the block every night, sometimes two times around the block. It's it's a circle and it lets you relax. You, you complete the circle of mourning for that day and then you can breathe. And you start all again yeah. the next day, of course. And the other thing that I have is for a year, I said Kaddish out at my, I have a tree, mm -hmm. a plumeria tree, which is a beautiful tree here in the desert. Mm -hmm. You see them in Hawaii, but we have one in the backyard. <laughs> and 
And people have given me things to hang on the tree. A group of women that I taught gave me a beautiful mobile that has a beautiful saying on it and then Garrett's name on it. And that hangs from the tree. Garrett used to play Blackbird on a guitar. So there's a Blackbird hanging from it. But the tree is beautiful. And we go out there and um, and I say Kaddish for him. Mm-hmm. And it's important, you know, those those rituals of, oh, I try, you know, the other thing I try and do is not every day, but most days I try and focus and focus on a, an age that he was at. So I think, of, okay, mm-hmm. Garrett at 10, Garrett at 10, what was he doing? What grade was he in? What can I remember? You know, so that's part of my meditation is remembering him at certain ages because I don't want the memories to leave me. So if I, if I focus on them and meditate on them, the stories come back. They do. And then I can share yeah. them and write them down. So that's, that's, that's part of, part of my grief work. I think, um, I found a really nice group that I go to every once in a while. I think I told you that earlier, but now that I'm working on Saturdays, I don't go quite as often, which is okay because right. a student of mine or that I absolutely loved, he was a great kid. He, um, passed away about six months ago. No, not even maybe four months ago. And this was Alyssa's best friend's brother. Oh, wow. Okay. And I had to ask myself, you know, Am I ready to be a guide for somebody else? Am I ready to yeah. do that? And the answer for myself was no. Yeah. But what I did instead was I talked to the woman who was running the grief group and asked her if I could, you know, share the information with her. And she said, yes. And it worked out well because it was time for me to leave the group and she entered the group. And I think she's finding it, you know, very helpful. So I couldn't help in the exact way she was asking me to, but I helped in that way. Well, you helped in in the best way that you could, right? That has been something I've been sort of talking with my therapist about, mm-hmm. about doing the best that I can do and having that be okay. Right. That the best I can do is good enough mm-hmm. because I have this thought in my head oftentimes is I should have done more. I know. Right? I know. I think back to the accident. I should have been able to save him. I should have been able to. I should have. I should have. I should have. I, I think the same thing. And I couldn't. I couldn't. I know I couldn't. Of course not. But I still have that false negative belief that I should have done more. And to try to replace that with I'm doing the best I can. And that's all God asks of me. Right. Right. And it's right. the guilt. That's it, what's asked of me. It's the guilt and it makes no sense. I mean, I yeah. suffer from that too. You know, oh, I should have taken him to doctors. I should have done this. I should have done that. And where does it get you? He's gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like I had to come to a point where I had to let it go because, you know, he's gone. And, yeah. and you know, that's why I was like, I wasn't going to do any of those things because they made no sense. Well, nothing, none of those things was going to bring Garrett back. I know he died of something organic, so I had to let that had to be good enough. And mm-hmm. and 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 the whole idea behind the shiver, you know, is to get busy. Don't remember them in death. Remember them in life. Remember the mm-hmm. way that they lived. And that's why we bury so quickly because we want to get. And that's what shiver is about. You cover the mirrors. You sit on benches, and you tell their stories. You don't think about yourself. You think about your relationship with them and the stories that they left, the legacy that they left, and. Mm-hmm. And so I had a I had a nice jump on that with all these young people telling me Garrett stories. And I have yeah. those. I have them all. 
I love that. I feel grateful. Yeah. I feel grateful that I have that. I feel grateful. Yeah. What a beautiful gift. But there's still, Marcy, there's still so much work to do, you know, with yeah. my, with my surviving sons and, and their families and figuring out how to be a better mother of adult sons. You know, I don't know how to, right. you know, right. maybe, maybe just being a good grandmother is what it's about. You know, maybe so. I just maybe bought so. them a but swing set. You do set the best their, you can. I just bought them a swing set for their new house. So now I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the up, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're for sure in the up. But, well, thank you so much for coming on the Always Andy's Mom podcast today and telling us about Garrett. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and can't wait to hear more. Oh, me too, Marcy. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's, it's really been helpful for me as well. For listening. If you found this helpful and would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's Mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. Your donations are secure and tax-deductible, and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com Thrive in Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.